Matthew chapter 8. I will refer back and forth to some of these, but I want you to, if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke chapter 8, uh, where we can look here and uh, read the Word of God and see what the Lord has to say about your faith. Faith is very important. You can't be saved without faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. So it's very important that we begin our Christian walk in faith. And then we're to walk by faith on a daily basis. We are to uh, honor God by believing His Word and His promises. And being able to uh, understand that the closer we walk with Him, the stronger we become in our faith. There are many moments in life when one fears and uh, there are things that can cause us to worry or fear or be of anxiety. But I want to tell you that God loves you. He wants your hearts to be comforted. Yes, we are facing a lot of difficult situations in life today. But I'm so grateful that in a time of life changing so much and in a time when we are so restricted, it, it, it makes it hard on all of us. But remember that we're doing it because we need to do our part in getting through this difficult time of this uh, coronavirus or, uh, or uh, the things that are making folks sick. And uh, I want us to remember that during our greatest tribulation, trial, or suffering, we find that the best comes out in some people. The best because they've chosen to do the right thing. They've chosen to be compassionate. They've chosen to love. They've chosen to share. And I'm so thankful that God gives us a heart to love people, be compassionate to them, and, and let them know that Yes, we're doing all that we can. I'm grateful for our president all the way through, all of those who are in charge of keeping our nation going. Uh, I'm very grateful for those that have been so kind. I think of one man that I saw on TV that uh, uh, he went into his favorite restaurant here a while back and he looked and there was no one there but him. And he looked around and there were 20 employees. He ate a meal, 20 something dollars. And when he signed his check and put it on his credit card, he gave $2,000, $100 to each one of those employees. He said, I wished I could have done more. Thank God for people like that. Young man who's concerned about our truckers and the work that they're doing to, to get the supplies across the nation and uh, his dad is a trucker and he uh, put up a, a place in his front yard and uh, served food for truckers. He took his own money and did this because he loves truckers. You see there's so much that we can do and we ought to be doing it. I want to look now at Luke chapter 8 and I want us to see the account of Jesus in his disciples, in a ship, in a terrible situation, and the, the, the faith that his disciples had. Beginning with verse 22, Now it came to pass on a certain day 
that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. And there came to him, uh, excuse me, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this, that he commanded even the winds and the water to obey him? As we look at this account and this occasion of what took place, I want us to recognize three things. I want us to recognize the storm and how severe it was. And then I want us to recognize the reaction of the disciples to the events that took place in their life. And then lastly, I want us to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how he handled this situation and how he'll handle any situation in your life. If you would but go to him, and cry out to him, and believe him, and come humbly before him. Now, when we talk about uh, the fact of, uh, of conditions and problems in life and situations, uh, I'm reminded what my wife's nephew sent to us just yesterday about a, a church in Louisiana. And on the sign of this church, it says, Don't know Jesus? then you have more to worry about than Lysol and toilet paper. It has amazed me how that people have panicked and how that people have just hoarded up so much, not allowing other people to share in what we have. It creates a bad situation in our world. And you know that uh, I, I, came, I went to Walmart here a while back to pick up my medicine and I was waiting uh, in the car for my wife, and, and I noticed two men carrying toilet paper out of Walmart. And they had bundles holding them, holding them up, trying to balance them to get them in their car. I, I've just never seen anything like this. I know that I've seen people after tornadoes and after uh, hurricanes and, and how, they can, how they can just want everything and they... They come to get a, 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 a part of the a gasoline for their car and their vehicles, and, and they have all these cans of gas they want to fill up. Uh, listen, all the food in the world, all the material things in the world, all the things that we sometimes think are so important, it's really not that at all. God is going to provide for His children. But my God shall supply your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God is a God that takes care of us. Whatever God prepares us for, whatever God allows us to enter into, he, remember, he's there. He's there. He hears our prayers. 
He hears our cries. And when we properly live the Christian life, when we do the things that God's Word tells us to do, we find that God opens us the windows of heaven and He pours us out a blessing many times that there's not room enough to receive it. How many of us have not felt at times that we felt, God, have you forgotten about me? God, have you, have you seen what I'm going through? Lord, I, I just think you're, you're not on time. Listen, God is always on time. It's our impatience to want God to operate on our time. Folks, we need to operate on God's time. Now we look at this, we look at this importance of the Word of God, and we see here that the Christian, uh, from the moment that we're saved, we're to walk by faith and not by sight. That is so important because God's Word tells us the people who walk by sight only see the problems of life. And through the experience of that, they get bitter. Some will get bitter at God, and some will get bitter at man, and some will get bitter at their family because somebody didn't do what they wanted them to do, or they will get better. Thank God that when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will come out of every trial and tribulation in our life we will come, come out victorious over all things. When we see a problem in life, to many, they see an impassable way of getting through it. But when we see God and remember what He's done in the past, what He's doing in the present, and what He will do in the future, will calm our spirits and will calm our hearts to just trust God. Now, in this text that we are reading here about the question that Jesus asked his disciples, and he said to them, where is your faith? I ask you that same question tonight. Where is your faith in all that is taking place in your life today? What are you looking at? What are you depending on? How have you saw things through the Word of God. It is so important, church family, I love you. It is so important that we stay in the Word of God. We make it a part of our life every day. We get up and we read it and we meditate on it and we study it and we find the precious jewels that are in the Word of God that help us to be strong and to be faithful. First of all, I want you to see the storm. And when we read about this storm, and I, for time's sake, I may not be able to get to all these references, but these, uh, this, this account is in Luke chapter 8, and in uh, Mark chapter 4, and in Matthew chapter 8. And, uh, but we find as the description of this storm. Now let me look at it again here as we, as we look here. The Bible says that... Uh, now, verse 21, 22, Now it came to pass on a certain day that they went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. I'm glad to see the obedience of God's servants in this time. Uh, but as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. 
and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Now, we, we know what storms are like because we have a lot of them here in Missouri and all over our country, and some of them become very serious, and they turn into really mega storms, and it can devastate, and it can destroy. And we find that this storm was not a normal storm. And, and as I was reading uh, uh, about this storm in commentary of J. Vernon McGee, I see that uh, he wrote in his commentary, the intensity of the storm suggests the savagery of Satan. Now, what does that mean? J. Vernon McGee believed that God allowed it. Remember that God either permits or God does it himself. But he allowed this storm. But uh, J. Vernon McGee believes that, that what this storm was, that the intensity and what it was doing was that the devil wanted to destroy Jesus. He wanted to destroy his ministry. He wanted to destroy his movement. He wanted to stop the miracles, and yet he couldn't. Aren't you glad that the devil's not all-powerful? Aren't you glad that when we face the devil in situations that we can remember greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? So important for us to recognize that. Uh, this lake stirred up, the, uh, this lake was stirred up by this wind in such an intensity, the Bible says that the waves went into the ship and the ship was full. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a storm and you've had waves come over over the sides of your boat or your ship, but I do know this. I've been there, and I know how frightening that can be. And, uh, you know, you, if, you, if you don't have a sump pump in your boat and you have to bail it out, you better have something to grab it with and keep pushing it out as fast as you can. But even with that, sometimes we can't stop the things that are taking place. I was invited to go on a uh, deep-sea fishing trip with my brother-in-law, uh, in out of Mississippi into the Gulf of Mexico. And as we went out, this was years ago. I was a young man, uh, innocent, naive to a lot of things. And we went out into the uh, uh, Gulf of Mexico to, and we spent the night on an island and we fished that day and the water was rough and, and we uh, we'd finished uh, our fishing and we started back into shore. And we came into the canals that lead to the docks where the boats are kept. And as we were coming in, these friends of my brother-in-law were drinkers. And they had been partying at night, and they had been drinking during the day, and they were just a little bit high, if you please. And yet we were coming in, and there was a boat uh, coming toward us. This was a 39-foot boat um, that we fished out of. And the owner of this boat throttled it and hit a wave that came from the other boat and it slapped down so hard on this boat that it split the side of the boat where the bottom was. And we didn't know it at first, but as we continued on, we saw that the boat was beginning to slow a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit more. And then they opened the door down to the motor and there's the water coming up 
and the sump pumps could not keep the water out, we were sinking. And we, we made it all the way to the Coast Guard dock. And they had big pumps and pumped the water out to save the boat to get it out of the water. What I'm saying is there are situations that make us feel there's no hope. We perish, these men said to Jesus. We, we, we can't do anything. And uh, I want us to see the, the disciples now, not just the lake and the storm and what it was causing in the way of uh, fear. Because he, Jesus asked, why are you so fearful? And sometimes when we get our eyes on problems of life, we, we become fearful. We're, we're doubting. And we should never doubt. Don't let the devil put into your mind or into your heart fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of courage, of faith. And uh, so we find uh, these disciples, they were normal men, just like you and I are. They understood things. They were not novice. These men were seasoned men. And some of these men were fishermen. And they spent their life going out on the ocean uh, or the lake. And they spent their life uh, spreading out their nets and catching, catching their fish. And they certainly went through storms. And they certainly went through a lot of problems in life. But they never faced such a difficult thing. We are living in uncharted waters. We're sailing in that area. I never would have thought that we would ever have something to face like we're facing today. But I'm telling you, we can face it in the faith of God to know that he's in control. And Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want you to know that we're God's. And if he's not through with us, he's going to continue to watch over us. Thirdly, I want you to see the, the supernatural Savior. I am so thankful the Word of God shows us here. Um, listen, Jesus was manifest in a human body. He was all man and He was all God. And that's hard for us to comprehend, but we find that, that Jesus, in, in His experiences of life, he felt pain. He was wore out. He was weary. The Bible said he fell asleep on a pillow in one, one of the texts. And the storm, as bad as it was, did not rise him. He was tired. He administered all day. But in the book of Matthew, uh, before we get to this event, while Jesus is still ministering, we find that a man of leprosy comes to Jesus and he said, I know that you can heal this if you will. In other words, if it's your will, I know you can do it. And God healed him. We found another person whom uh, came to the Lord and he asked for help, not for himself, but for one of his men. And he told the Lord that, he, he was not worthy of the Lord coming to his house. That if you're only speak it. And Jesus responded with the fact, I've not seen such great faith all in all Israel. We find that people who came to Jesus 
were in a situation that they needed help. They could not overcome the problems that they had. But our Lord ministers to us, and we find that Jesus bare the burden of the cross. Jesus suffered the, the attacks uh, of the soldiers and those of religious uh, groups who, who treated him so rudely and ugly and beat him and spat upon him. You know, there's still people today that are mocking God. There's still to people today in our modern country that just believe that they're never going to have to face a problem. On TV, we saw thousands of people on beaches of our nation. And they were gathering around and they were all mixing together. And one uh, reporter asked the young man who was on spring break, don't you worry about catching this coronavirus? And here was his response. He said, I don't care anything about this condition. I don't worry about it. And then he said this, nothing is going to stop me from drinking and having a party. That was the only thing that was on his mind, is just play it up. Do what you want. Do it when you want it. Let me tell you, people have perished with those spirits of attitude. In 1969, Hurricane Camille hit the coast, Gulf Coast of Biloxi, Mississippi. That was 50 miles from where I lived. And that storm was so intense that there were people, because of its uh, small size, people thought, ah, it's just a, a little freak thing that'll come along and, and it'll just disappear. But people started to, uh, putting together hurricane parties and they were gonna stay in their hotels right on the beach and they were gonna live it up. Let me tell you, 250 something people died from that tornado. People who thought that they were safe were just, just swept away in this terrible uh, hurricane. Listen, folks, God has given all of us common sense. And we need to use that common sense to live the kind of life that God wants us to do. Someone asked me one day, why is it, preacher, when the storm warnings are in, in, uh, in effect in our city that you leave your mobile home on the church property and go in the basement? What's the matter? Don't you have faith? My friends, I have a lot of faith. But I also believe this, I am not going to stand in the middle of a railroad track and challenge a train that's coming down. And we need to understand that God wants to, God wants to do great things in our life. And we have a Savior that loves us. I want you to think about faith just for a moment. It says, where is your faith? Take an inventory of your life tonight. Ask yourself, where is my faith? And, and begin to look, is it, is it in the stock market? Well, I, I'm afraid that some people are crying and weeping tonight because the stock market has lost so much money. And is, is, it, in, is it in the faith of science that we're going to have an immediate relief from the problems we face. Science is doing all it can, but science cannot 
perform miracles? Is it, is it in, in the government that we keep our faith? Government is doing a great job. Our president is doing a great job. But I want to tell you, they're human and they can only do so much. My God can do all things. And I'm grateful tonight to know where my faith is. My faith, faith is, is resting on God's word. My faith is looking to the chart or charter of my journey in life, the word of God. To leave the word of God and to, and to read it and study it, my faith tells me that nothing is impossible with God. My faith tells me that I must seek the Lord. I'm reminded of what the Word of God tells us in the Old Testament. I want to share two texts of Scripture in the Old Testament. And I want us to uh, look at what God's Word. Second Chronicles, I want to begin reading in verse 12 in the Old Testament. And I want us to think about what happened to the children of Israel when the Lord brought them out of terrible situations and he told them to, to have no other gods before them. And the Lord appeared unto Solomon, verse 12 of chapter 7 of Second uh, Chronicles, uh, by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayers. How important is prayer? It's very important. It's so important that we need to do it every day and be sincere in what we're praying for. Be sincere in how we ask God and trust Him and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And if I shut up heaven or there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Listen, folks. It's very important that we as God's people, it's very important that we are right with God. It's very important that we uh, uh, have our heart loving the Lord more than loving things and other things of the world. Now, another scripture uh, that I want to share is Joshua. And Joshua faced a situation where it came down to the fact in Joshua 24, beginning with verse 14, it came down to Joshua saying, okay, it's time for God's people to make the right choice. And here's what he said. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity, in truth, and, uh, and uh, put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers serve, or that the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's so important that we understand that we're to serve the Lord and be faithful and to do what God commands us to do. 
Let me tell you what Jesus wants to do. He wants to strengthen your faith. And he wants to show you greater things. And in order to do that, you've got to go to him. And you've got to receive from him the things that he wants to do. Recently, when I visited with my brother-in-law, and he reminded me of an event that took place over 50 years ago. Uh, you know, you kind of remember it a time, and then it goes away and comes back. But he, he looked at everybody in the room, and he said, my brother-in-law saved me. You know, and I remember what the situation was. I remember that we were fishing with waders, and we were wading out in a, in a canal area where there's water, and there's swift water running through, and there's a log standing up in the water. And I can remember that we were casting around that because the bass would get in there and, and just hover around in there. And as we got a little closer and a little closer, the water got higher and higher on our waders. And we were not just very far from that log. And my brother-in-law looked at me and he says, hey, I'm going to jump on that log. And I thought, no, you better not. Before I could say a word, he jumped. He, he lunged and he caught the log. And the log was not secured tight. And it sank with him. And as it sank with him, the water came over his waders and all down inside of his waders. And he, when the water came up, he turned loose to the log and he started to drifting in the current. And he was struggling for everything he could, still holding on to his rod and reel. He wouldn't let go of it. And I yelled and said, let that reel grow, uh, reel, uh, go, let it go. And, and finally he did let go of it. And he was kind of dog pedaling as hard as he could because he was just sinking. And I rushed across where the channel came around and I rushed across and just as he come into the curve he was exhausted I was able to get my waders just before they sank into the water I was able to reach with my rod and reel and put it out and I told him take hold take hold of the end of this rod and he he caught it and I pulled him in let me tell you God is, has his hands open and he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. God wants to do a great work in our lives. And I think that there's so many that care. And I pray that you will do your very best to have a part of using your faith for the glory of God. I want to close with this poem. It was written by Edward Hopper. And the title of the poem is Jesus, Savior, Pilot me. And it goes something like this. Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's temptatious sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rocks and treacherous shoals. Chart and compass come from thee. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. I want to pray. Father, I thank you for all that was a part of the podcast here tonight. I thank you for the music that was presented. And I thank you, Lord, for the precious word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you, you build us in strength. And through this time, Lord, make us stronger. I see that many times Jesus said to his disciples, Oh, ye of little faith. But after the experiences that they went through with Jesus, each time, those things brought him them closer 
and stronger. And one day at the Pentecost in the New Testament in the book of Acts, we find that Peter stood up and preached the Word of God. And those disciples went about turning the world upside down for Jesus. Lord, never let us lose sight that we have a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And God, you want to do great things. And we pray that we can be a little part of that. We give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.